0: Welcome to the Breaks and Joins podcast. I'm Sue Mayo and I'm working on a project about repair, repair of our stuff, ourselves and our communities. And in each episode we meet somebody who's really deeply involved somehow in repair of all kinds. Really hope you enjoy the podcast. Make sure you like and subscribe and share it with your friends. For this episode of the Breaks and Joins podcast we've done something a little bit different Chuck and I have come down to visit Rotherhithe Shed we'd been talking to Devon Goodrich from the Time and Talent Centre who with Michael Brakey manages Rotherhithe Shed and Devon had said to us come down and spend a whole afternoon with us meet the people who use the place listen to what it sounds like here that's the only way you're going to really capture the spirit of this place As we approached Rotherhithe Shed, we went past a sign, and it beautifully encapsulates what goes on here. Today we're here at Rotherhithe Shed, which is part of a big national, international movement of what was once called Men in Sheds, but now has opened up in many places to men and to women, spaces where you can come and learn to repair things or bring things to repair. And this one takes place in the workshop that belongs to the theatre company, London Bubble. And it's got a wonderful sign. It says, Rotherhithe Shed, now open. Ring bell. Light refreshments. Make things. Make friends. Geniuses and novices. Get out of that chair. Make a repair. I'd really like to paint a picture of the shed for you so that you can visualise this amazing space. It's a good, big room. The space was full of tools of all kinds, shelving, props from old shows that Bubble had done, unimaginable treasures for somebody who loves mending. First of all, we had a chat with Michael Brakey who set up the shed. And he's going to give us a bit more of the background of Rotherhithe Shed, but also the wider movement and how it came about.
1: It started in Australia, uh, and uh, I think it was quite a grassroots movement uh, Of uh, started by older men who wanted something to do, and they organised themselves and created these uh, groups Um uh, with workshops where they could come together and uh, find a purpose and keep active uh, after they had retired. And it was hugely successful and uh, clearly was tapping into something that was really positive and helpful for, for men of a certain age. And uh, it's, it's then been imported, I think, well, all over the world, I think, and certainly it came to Britain maybe uh, 8 or 10 years ago uh, and that's when we sort of uh, latched on to it and started to do our uh, because the London Bubble is an arts organization I think they thought they wanted to find a way to activate their workshop and, and also to reach older men which is a group that um, arts and community organizations were finding that they were very good at supporting older women because older women tend to be much better at joining in and trying new things and uh, seem to be better when, when they reach a certain age in life to find a new purpose and a new way to keep themselves energized, whereas older men, it seemed, uh, tended to struggle with that a little bit more and tended to become stuck and depressed and isolated uh, and found it more difficult to join into the kind of community events that were being offered. So. I think the reason that the, the Shed movement has been particularly successful is that it's just provided something that, that older men can really use to kind of move on into the, the third age, is that what it's called? And I mean, we do see, we see a lot of people who find a new, a new way of expressing themselves. They come here kind of curious and, and find a real release, a real outlet and a real way express themselves using you know working with their hands in a way that perhaps they didn't in their younger life Uh, whereas we also have older men who who are you who have been used to working with their hands their whole lives and are are actually feeling uh, desperately desperately missing it and very glad to come back and uh, and work here with us
0: as we moved through the shed we came across alan who was looking for a pair of leather shoes that someone had dropped off for him to have a look at because he has a fantastic range of skills, including leatherwork and cobbling. And we followed him down to where he put the shoes onto a last in order to mend them. Alan had other skills too. He's the owner of a portable forge, and we asked him to tell us about his mending background. <laughs> so, what brings you here?
2: Oh, Are mainly to, um, to meet local people, yeah. um, share skills enjoy company, and uh, help the provision for people who are at a loose end.
0: And is it you who has a forge?
2: Oh yes, and the project we've got is to form the letters of the name of one of our members, a dear member who died just before Covid actually. Um, so we were, uh, And that'll be on an arch at the entrance to a garden at Time and Talents. Oh,
0: that's brilliant. So what nice. a lovely yeah, so memorial.
2: Quite tricky to make letters because you've got to make them all exactly the same size. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't think that will defeat you. I'm sure you'll be able to do it. And what metal do you use for that?
2: Um, mild steel. Yeah, low carbon steel. Great. Yeah.
3: Right. Yeah.
0: yeah, I feel as if there's an awful lot of knowledge in your head. <laughs> Thank
2: you. I'd love to pass it on. Yes, yes. that's right. Yeah. Otherwise, it, it does get lost, doesn't yes. it? And things that you learn to do over
0: years, you want to pass the skill on. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things we're really interested in breaks and joins is the links between physical acts of repair, maintenance, and mending. And the care of ourselves and the mending that can take place in ourselves and our communities. Mick spoke to us about the ways in which coming into the shed is also about creating connection and combating loneliness and creating a sense of community. So when I arrived in the shed this afternoon, I got chatting with Mick about a story which I can't get out of my head now because it's so visual, which is... The, the collapse of your aquarium when it was full of water and full of fish and being on your own you had to work out how to do that and I wondered if you could tell us that story. Of How did you notice it happening? Was it a gentle leak or a big pop? No it was like a, a
4: dam bursting. Uh, it, uh, <laughs> I, I built that tank and modified the Shelves and everything, so I could uh, put an aquarium in there and bought an old second hand aquarium which I'd added the extra uh, silicone something or other. Anyway, added that for safety, um, and everything had gone well. I'd decorated the thing with weeds, filled it with fish, and it was probably about some months later when. I was feeding the fish and scraping the inside but I was doing it lazily by half lifting the lid and putting my hands in to, to use a pan scourer on the inside to get rid of the, the stuff. And I didn't realise that I had put pressure on the glass at the top from the outside so I was pushing outwards and uh, suddenly of course it was just like a downburst. Um, the corner, the two corner pieces of glass didn't actually break, but they separated. And I saved what I could by holding it together. But because I'm on my own, um, that was as far as I could go. And I'm sitting what can I do? You know, there was 61 gallons. That I'd already lost maybe a third, but the fish were okay still. In the kitchen, which is about 20 foot away... Which is miles. Um, I've got a, a big bucket that I used to make beer in, and I couldn't think of any other way I could do it, so I just had to leave it and run. And 20 foot there and 20 foot back again is a long way. When on this, um, anyway, I got it down below. I managed to hold it again and then get some carpet tape round it to repair it. I lost about two thirds of a tank. And I live in an upstairs flat, oh. so it was um, a bit worrying. You had a pretty soggy floor for a bit then. I wasn't terribly bothered. I knew that my floor would dry out, but I didn't know how much had gone through to the flat below. As it happens, it was OK. Anyway, the fish had to live in that bucket for some weeks while I was repairing everything. I've never ever had an aquarium before. always wanted one, even from the time I was a kid. But, you know, when you're married and with children and you've got other responsibilities before you can do all these intelligences. Yeah. But now I'm on my own. And when the pandemic came, it
0: seemed like a good project. And after the lockdown, what did it feel like to come back in here and to be somewhere where other people are working as well? Great, yeah.
4: Yes, it was nearly two years. So that's yes.
0: those things keep you going. Yes.
4: Because the last thing I wanted to do was to sit in watch telly for the rest of my life because that's one of the things that worried me about retiring older generations than myself my parents for instance um, they look forward to retiring they can't wait and all they want to do is put their feet up I find with all that free time and without the responsibility any longer I look forward to it and I find I'm far more active while I've still got things working and I, I enjoy that it's like a third life that's great.
1: you some tea or coffee.
0: Oh, I'd love a tea. tea. Yeah. yeah, thank you. One of the traditions in the shed is that there's a proper tea break. And, of course, Chuck and I manoeuvred our way into being present for the tea break because there were really good biscuits. And we joined in for tea and, on this occasion, nachos, and a bit of a more informal chat.
4: But they didn't, uh... And these are noisy.
0: <laughs> oh, they're noisy. Oh, good. Oh, that's very good.
4: Sure exactly. okay. You don't want noisy food, do you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I think this is going to be so full of noises. I think we'll just add a bit of atmosphere.
2: Yeah,
5: It's needed a good time for tea. You know. We
2: weren't allowed wow. to in, in COVID, but now we're allowed to. It. So actually oh, we, we yeah. value
0: so you had to be separate. each person separate. Had his own bench.
5: Yes. Yeah. There, was, uh, there was workstations where each person had to be, you know, and that was the conditions of coming into oh, the yeah, show at the George, time. Uh, <laughs> um, thankfully, we got over that. You know, I mean, you know, we were online for a while, which was uh, absolutely crazy at the beginning. But you know, we we warmed to it and we got a great uh, online show together and uh
0: oh, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> but how? Still there? Yeah. yeah how do you do it online did you, you like show <laughs> each other things yeah, say, i don't know what zoom, to do zoom. with this a, we done a zoom and, like uh, before, uh,
6: yeah. so one one for instance one week i was down in my, my momino's house in Bogner on the oh yeah. so i i showed him around, and i worked in a little garden shed was doing some painting okay. so i showed him around my Showed him around with the shed. And yeah. paints And stuff like Mick that.
2: showed us around his, um, your home and garage, shed. was it?
4: Yeah. Yes. Did the I? Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I've, uh, we, at our place, we were allowed a little shed at the back. And I mean little, it's six foot by four foot. And uh, for it being cute type of thing. Uh, and I decided instead of having it just a dumpster, all my old stuff in and use it for storage, I've made it into a micro-workshop. Um, so it's basically... The shed is a, a proper little workshop.
6: And you showed us round yourself, didn't you? Mm. Yeah. yeah.
2: I, I did a, a teaching on riveting steel pieces together.
5: And I done a garden. <laughs> we done a gardening one as well, yeah. which, um, yeah, provocating plants and that. So, yeah, we everybody took a turn to... Take the lead. It was good. Oh, yeah, and British,
2: then, anna- yeah. Another British, thing they did yeah. was um, make labels for Galliwall Nature Reserve, for the tree labels. So can Michael cans. came up Sorry. with the design yeah. how we could um, take a beer can. Oh yeah. Open fine. it up.
6: Yeah.
2: And uh, with a mirror image of the name, we could Im- like emboss it using a ball pen to press out the image. And uh, and he also made a way of kind of clipping it over didn't you yeah oh um, yeah that's right and they're still there in Galliwall Nature Reserve because they're aluminium and the school children come and see them and they know what what the name of the tree is that was great wasn't
5: mm. yeah posting out so we posted out uh, a hands across the table project which we did and mm. um, oh, all well. of us put their hand on a bit of wood and drew around it and we got back together we um, oh, yeah. we put the yeah. table together which was absolutely I beautiful each person
2: has a different way of
5: Decorating their, decorating
2: hands. Yeah. their hand.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because the big challenge was trying to find a way to work together when we were all remote, you know, yeah. to do physical work uh, remotely. And this is one, we, we, we had a couple of these things where we could each make a sort of bit and then put them together yeah. somehow.
6: Mm. And now uh, Michael came up with some, uh, while we were on we Zoom calls, and it was quite a few weeks from now, Michael came up with some great quizzes, Mm. Yeah. Shed, oh, we did like shed, shed related. Shed themed yeah. quizzes, yeah. Great fun, yeah. 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 yeah.
1: yeah.
5: yeah. Mm. Kept everybody going, kept everyone ticking over, you know. and yeah. It was really good mm. to be in touch with everybody, yeah. you know. Phone calls, everything, you know. We, mm. yeah. we got through it, we got through it. And it was basically a reset. I mean, we've come much stronger. This is a stronger mm. place to be now. You know. So much going on now, so busy.
6: Fantastic. Before we go outside, let no. me show you the, our hands
2: project.
1: Exactly. That we were talking about. See, th- we sent out these little tiles to each member during lockdown, in the deepest of lockdown, and then uh, people sent, posted them back after having worked away on them, decorating them, doing using different lots of different techniques and all kinds of stuff. Would
0: you, would you like? Could you just read us that poem because it's lovely.
1: Well, I, we could get we could get the author to read. Hey, it. Get the author to read
0: it.
5: <laughs> Want to read your poem? All oh, right. Please,
0: yeah.
6: Oh, it was yeah. Uh, that was my interpretation of what the, I the task you. was. Uh, he inter- huh? By the way, Devon inspires every every idea. Is yeah. really Devon's. Just tell you that before me. Uh, okay, I did my left hand right. So I tried to encapsulate what my left hand did. So, my left hand holds my brushes whilst I paint the portraits that I make. My left hand keeps things steady, lest they slide. It works my back brake when I ride. It helps me, now I'm getting old, and rubs my right hand if it's cold. It finds the chords so I can play the songs I sing. It hides an ace, it wears my ring, it strokes her face.
2: It's so
1: beautiful. Thank you. We knew that we'd get a fantastic range of hands
5: back. And one hand in particular of an old, of an old friend who uh, sadly passed away, you know, so will always be remembered with us, you know.
0: Yeah. That's lovely.
5: Yeah. Oh, Reg, who was a dear member of our shed. Oh, is that Reg's one?
0: Yeah. That's a lovely way to remember Reg, isn't it? Okay
5: these are the you know downsides of what we do we're working with people of a certain age you know it does people are ill but we you know we go through it with them you know we have a couple members who are not well so uh yeah it's keeping in touch with them letting them know we're here for them and that we're thinking of them and uh anything we can do for them you know so yeah we never leave anyone behind. but still a great piece you know it's a lovely testament to what we do you know
0: traditionally the shed movement was there to serve the needs of older men because a lot of people working in community noticed that men were harder to reach and involve in projects like this but lots of the sheds around the world including Rotherhithe Shed have opened up now to a wider group and we met one of the women who comes in to mend and to make Lola who is doing her woodwork outside
1: what are
3: you working on? Well, at the moment I'm uh, trying to restore an old um, coffee table that is assembled without uh, any um, pins or uh, so it's so just... you don't have uh, to fix
0: it? You
3: no. no. It and... Um, Yes, so I'm just getting rid of the old uh, varnish and uh, preparing the wood to uh, have a new coat of uh, varnish. And did you feel at all intimidated by the fact that it's mostly a men's space? Um, Not really, no. Um, Everybody here is uh, quite nice and friendly and everybody is always very, very happy to, to, to help. So it was very handy to be able to use this space because it's something I would never have been uh, able to do at home when you don't have enough uh, space if you live in a small uh, flat. And um, as you can see, this can get very messy. Uh, so it's important to have the the right space to do it. Plus you can benefit from all the tools that I have and also the knowledge that different uh, people can... Uh, can offer and today, for example, I've been asking Tony a lot of things about uh, how to better do my 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 work. So,
0: yeah, no, I think that I think that is a positive part of it. And in fact, it sounds to me, from having met other people here, that there's a huge range of skills in that room. People seem to have brought with them knowledge about leather and wood and forging and furniture and all kinds of things. Yes,
3: mainly what I've done so far relates a bit more with, uh, with wood. And uh, I've also joined um, a few uh, sessions at the forge. So I've oh, been, wow. uh, yes, with, uh, with Alan. That's uh, really uh, good at uh, explaining everything and, uh, and very helpful.
0: Yeah, I like the sound of the forge. I think that there's something so... Fundamental about heat and the bending of metal. I mean, is it a really exciting thing to do? Is it a bit dangerous as well?
3: Uh, well, I, I have to admit that it's a bit more intimidating than, uh, than wood, uh, and it's um, it's not. Uh, it's something that I've only had a go because I had the opportunity to. I wouldn't have gone anywhere to look for. Um, Uh, for a class on forging. However, it was offered next door and said, yes, why not? So it's interesting in that way. It's not like I have um, an idea about making projects with uh, uh, iron in the future. Or... But it's interesting. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, I was thinking about whether you're going to start making your own knives and forks from now on. Uh, <laughs> no, that be going too far. <laughs> Devon was really busy cutting up pieces of wood into shapes that would make Christmas decorations. And we thought we'd talk to him while he worked about. His involvement with the shed. Making Christmas
5: decorations for the children's group. So what they're going to do, they're going to, we're going to rub them down. They're going to decorate them and put them in Christmas uh, hampers to send out to the isolated people in the community, which is beautiful, absolutely beautiful. My role here is to liaison with people. I don't know what we make the calls get people involved, keep people going, you know, just make sure that everyone's all right. You know, it, it's all part of what we do, you know, uh, yeah, so, all good, you call them, they respond, that's what we want. So you know? nice. Okay. And again, these t- these tools, what, we, what we're using, we try and enable people to be confident to use them as well, you know, or we'll end up doing all the work ourselves. <laughs> So and these make it much more simpler. So there is a process when people come in, you know, they sign up and stuff. We take them through the tools and make sure that they're competent and capable of using these. And if not, we do stuff for them, you know. So everyone's included, and that's what we're about, you know. Which is, it's a beautiful space, you know. I think everybody who comes here has a good experience and leaves here feeling, you know, full, you know, yeah. What's unique about this place is the fact that two organisations have come together with an idea and over over eight years and uh, it works, you know. We've, we've gone out into the community, we've asked the community what they want and we've delivered what they want and it's a resource which they can come to and use so, you know, it, it's all good, it's all good, it's all good. It's inspired by them this is what they want so we've got the space we've created the environment it's yours to use and that's that's the beauty of it
0: the shed members are really multi-talented we saw a lot of different skills being exhibited one of the members Alan originally from Liverpool was busy working on a large portrait painting when we came in
6: He's looking alright, isn't he? It's looking excellent.
0: You you were saying you don't just you're not just painting people from pictures because you know them. When you're you know, sort of painting a face is about your knowledge of each other as well. And that really struck me because I mm. guess the thing about isolation is you can feel invisible mm. suddenly and you think nobody mm. knows your name or mm. what you look like.
6: It's a completely different sort of task to, to paint somebody who's from a photograph uh t- I mean that's why I enjoy it here because you, you see people you're talking to them it's that you know who they are mm. Mm. and that brings that comes out in, in the work you can't just get a photo of somebody you don't you don't know and but you could I suppose but it doesn't doesn't come out it does not come through
5: but we we're we glad to be captured though that's that's the thing you know yeah we're, you know it's a, it's a remarkable project and uh, we'll live forever <laughs> yeah. In these paintings.
0: The whole project is about the fact that nothing happens in isolation. Mending exactly. doesn't happen in isolation, meeting people doesn't happen in isolation. It's all these things are so connected, and I think that's really, yeah. that has
5: really. Yeah, but the key thing is, though, we've got to go out there to get the people, and that's the thing, you know, so we've got to connect. So, you know, my role for Time and Talents is to go out there and make sure that people understand what we do and buy into what we do. And come along Yeah.
0: because yeah. yeah. I imagine s- with things like this sometimes people think oh that might not be for me I'm not brave enough to go
5: well I, we get calls from people with disabilities a lot of time and uh, we have a few people with dis- disabilities here and um, the fact is, we just want them to come along and see, and that's all. Once they've come along, we know we've got, them. <laughs> we know they'll, they'll, there'll be something here for them, so, yeah. And if, even if it's to come and have a cup of tea and have a chat, that's what, you know, it's about at the end of the day. You know? Just to be with other people, yeah. So, yeah, and not be judged or looked upon in any different way. The door is open for all. This is a community space brought together by two organisations yeah, like who are long-standing in the area and does exactly what it says on the tin for the community.
0: Devon, I'm just being nosy now. Have you always been a mender?
5: Uh, not always. <laughs> Part of it, it'll be, I've, but I'm a people's person, so I've worked with people, I've worked in youth centres and stuff like that. And, so, yeah, I mean, mending is just... Yeah. It comes just normal, natural, you know, so, yeah, but it's been a great experience, you know, I've learned a lot as well, so this is the thing where people have come in, members have come in with a vast amount of experience and taught me stuff, you know, I, I was mentored by a, a great person who was part of the Shed at one stage, you know, he showed me just, you know, do things once and properly, <laughs> so and that's what we're about, we, you know, we want to do things properly. Correctly, safely—that's the thing. You know, it's a safe space.
0: I think that's really interesting. That aspect that the people who have have a job here and are paid to hold the space—it doesn't mean you're not also learning.
5: Exactly. We have we have people, as I said, who come here with such experience—blacksmithing. You know, there's teachers here. There's people who, you know, um, laid pipes along across the channel across. to america even you know so yeah everyone comes with a different bit to the table which is remarkable you know it just sometimes i'm in awe of some of the people that are here you know and they, they all want to share their experiences with you so yeah it's a wonderful thing
0: as the afternoon drew to a close machines were switched off things were being put away makers and menders both those we'd spoken to and all the others who were there quietly, getting on with their own work, began to pack up and get ready to go. I was really aware of what a positive space it was to be in and I had such a strong feeling that there was more than one kind of mending going on in that workshop. It was such a great afternoon and Chuck and I felt really reluctant to leave. Now that it's like fully quiet is when we're leaving. (laughs) Well, you know, we want we want the buzz. That's we're selling it as buzzy. Yeah. Atmos. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well thanks very much, folks. Absolutely
5: pleasure. Thank you, Buddha.
0: Thanks so much for listening to the Breaks and Joins podcast. And I hope you'll enjoy listening to the other podcasts too. If you want more information about the project, You can find us on www.sumeo.co.uk and also on our Instagram page, breaks underscore and underscore joins. We'd love to hear from you. A big shout out to our funders, Arts Council England, Necessity and the Being Human Festival. And finally, I'd like to thank my wonderful editor, Chuck Blue Lowry and Bob Carper, who wrote the music for the podcasts. Thanks and hope to see you soon.